Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Dorothy. What is that? It's the Wicked Witch of the West. Well, I assumed we were going to take it there. I think I haven't seen that movie in 20 years, so... Thing about me, I probably haven't seen that movie in about 20 years as well, but between the years 1990 and 1993, I probably saw that movie about 500 times. Yeah, that'll do it now, won't it? Sure Um, will. Uh, well, thank you for that great introduction, Tim Chris, because eventually we were going to have to get there now, weren't we? No way around it, as you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio. Every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week, it's a song that snuck through to the finish line, the winner of a Patreon poll, patreon.com slash as you were, Dorothy in a fucking photo finish takes the cake here Um, we are i'm a a little surprised uh to be honest uh though we don't have a ton of songs left so i guess that's you know that's what happens is i'm gonna be surprised a little bit about that i know i know um but this is uh the 10th song on this addiction the band's uh, was that seventh album? Seventh album. Oh, I don't even. I don't, I'm not even trying anymore because every time I say it with confidence, I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I kind of have to like mentally work backwards because there was the period where they were Maskey had like the seven on his guitar all the time. Uh-huh. And like, okay, guy, <laughs> and that was what they put on the uh, seven-inch single for this addiction. Uh, very uh, wasteful piece of plastic for that thing to exist. Um, but Tim. Had you heard the song Dorothy by the band The Alkaline Trio before in your life? No, I had not heard Dorothy by The Alkaline Trio, but it was definitely a song in the track list, which, I mean, is already shining bright with titles such as Eating Me Alive, Mm -hmm. right? That's there. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's that other one that's like almost worse well let me tell you i'll just i'll just read it off because i wanted to look it up to be sure and this is a pretty rough part of the record we're on side b and we have draculina mm. into eating me alive into piss and vinegar mm. into dorothy mm. um and it's that's a stretch of record it sure is so this podcast as you were a podcast about alkaline trio uh, episode number 157 is going to be a exercise in relativity, according yes. to uh, what was discussed in our pre-production meeting, because I heard this song for the first time, and I said, oh, God, uh, and talked to David, and he said, you know, it's okay. It's okay. And, yeah. And um, when you're surrounded by garbage, and let me say, not, I guess surrounded is not the right word, because fine is a good song. 
We yes, like the song follows. fine. And since we've talked about the song fine every single time David says fine on this podcast, in my head, a fine pun comes to the forefront. Mm-hmm. I haven't said any of them, but now you all know I've exercised the demon. Uh, since we're talking about puns, would you like to hear a, a good joke, Tim? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, do you know how I know that Al Gore invented the internet? No, David. How do you know that? Because everything's built on an algorithm. <laughs> um, anyway, Dorothy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I before I get into my part, I want to hear your uh, reaction to the song and what you thought was bad about it. Okay, so this song starts out with a really cool guitar intro. There is an epic tone to it. This song mm-hmm. does have a very good last, second to last song sort of feel to it. Um, sure. What? And and I figured we would be able to parse this out because I don't think that the beat. There's something about the beat that doesn't match fully for me. And I don't sure. want to say that I think that it's not the right beat because I think that it has the right intentions to it. It just feels like it's a little bit off the mark. There's too much of a march feeling to it. I think See, that there's I... something in just like that rhythm that feels a little bit too on the nose for me. See, I disagree. And here's why I disagree. And I think this is going to uh, show a uh, highlight the difference in our listening habits. But when I hear that, I'm like, ah, it's an Iron Maiden Bathory style gallop. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's the epic riding into battle yep. thing. Totally. And I like it. I don't think it fits perfectly to your point. Mm-hmm. I think part of that is just that like. To do that, I think the thing needs to be even a little bit bigger, and I feel like they're tempering it a lot. Yeah. There needs to be more guitar. There needs to be more layer. There, It needs to be grander. Mm-hmm. Um, so, granted, this is the Alkaline Trio we're talking about here. And, and they're like, on the okay. Back to Basics record, so you don't want to <laughs> yeah. put too many... You don't want to put too many layers into it. You don't want to put too much thought into it or effort. But you do want to put some like, weird sound effects of like bugs fluttering uh-huh. um, in there you want to make sure you got that when you sing about bugs i kind of like that part actually maybe it's just because i'm thinking of the fact that we're about to i mean even by the time this podcast reaches people there might be the cicada uh True. rhythm in the background and i've also been thinking about all of the demos that we're going to hear from this summer that are just gonna have cicadas in the background i think that that's oh it's awesome. gonna be crazy man yeah um but so to your point i kind of like it because i feel like the start of this is at least like all right this is kind of an alkaline trio part at least rendered slightly differently like you're pulling from a different set of your influences and mm-hmm. but i still kind of hear you in it um but there's also yeah it's it needs to be locked in a little more. It needs to, either needs to be locked in more or a lot more loose for it to work. Yeah, and I think that it's you know it's a cool it's a cool thought experiment, and I think that Matt's guitar riff it is really unique for yeah. him. And you, you look at this guy, and he, he's the king of just like 
two string guitar leads yes and to your point earlier i think that what it is is that this is pretty high up this is i mean a lot of mids ranging into higher uh frequencies Mm -hmm. and with that march it's like you need a drop d guitar underneath it to sort of bring that weight to it but i do i do like the riff a lot and i do um i i don't know yeah that's where that's where i stand on the riff yeah i i mean i i think we're aligned i like it a little more than i think you but i think it i think the flaws are there i think it's not perfectly executed and i think even it needs if they're going to do that one because i think derek is kind of augmenting and doing a lot of the gallopy stuff on the hi-hat to make it feel more alkaline trio than kind of like the tom roll mm-hmm. thing that's traditionally in and that type of like grand sweeping viking style heavy metal stuff um right which is what i think is what that sounds like to me more than anything but I think Dan also doesn't really know what to do here because that, like, you know, if Matt's just going to hit that riff, which I think is cool, he needs to be coming in either really dark or really high. And he's just kind of following it in a way that's, like, not wrong, but it's I think it's wrong for what this is going for. Yeah. You know? Um, well, what's he going to do? He was, just do, like, a slapstick type thing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of a tricky spot for him. And I will say, like, it's just... I think every time I hear the song start, I'm like, okay, like, this is better than I remember it. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of remember it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, I mean, here's the thing about about this song. The name Dorothy is mm-hmm. going to just, it's going to connote uh, the movie. It's going to, you're going to think of Judy Garland, you're going to think of... Uh, God, there's so much culture that's attached to that movie. So it's interesting to title a song that and have in the chorus, I'm coming home. But I don't think that this song is... And the, and there are like some references like throughout to the movie, but it doesn't really feel like that's what he's going for fully i think it's just a matter of the fact that really every single line of this song contains at least one like turn of phrase or like mixed metaphor that he doesn't even think about the fact that he's referencing uh the movie when he's saying things like i'm coming home i don't really know yeah, I mean, it, it kind of falls into the weird, and this is a big thing that I've complained about on this podcast a ton, but, like, the mixed metaphor stuff that we also see in Draculina, which is, that song is called Draculina, but it's kind of about Alice in Wonderland, and mm-hmm. then you're just like, what are we doing here? And I don't mind the, like, Wizard of Oz thing, or, like, minding that stuff, but it's just like, you could have just changed the name of this character and then really it wouldn't come through that much. Yeah. So it feels like kind of a lazy reference or just like kind of like writing about it from memory. Uh Um, (laughs) And I don't know, that could be interesting theoretically, but I think it like, you know, 
I think lyrically the song is just super flat. Yeah. Which doesn't really help anything. And I think particularly when the first verse kind of kicks in, I've... N- I don't think Matt's performance is bad, but I don't like the vocal melody very much. It's really lazy. It's, yeah. It's Matt in in this era when he doesn't really have... That's the thing is, like, you can tell early on when words were flying out of him that melodies just followed the words that were coming out. And... Mm-hmm. Now we're in this space where he's not really saying anything in particular, and it just falls into the mono-toned Matt delivery that we've just gotten used to over 15 years. Well, and I feel like this record, that's what really makes songs like this suffer, is like this stretch of material from like Draculina through Dorothy... And I mean, even the the stronger Matt songs on this record, which like, you know, to your relativity point, I would put this among them somehow. Um, you know, even this addiction, uh, American Scream, like he's not really reinventing the wheel vocally. The thing that this addiction and the song and uh, American Scream have is he sings it with a lot of conviction. He really sells it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even when he's singing something that I think is goofy or when he's singing something that i don't think like has a lot of conviction like he's usually pretty good at making you believe it and i think the problem with the back half of this record is it's a lot of songs that don't really feel like he's selling it or that he cares that much and i think that's really what i lack in this is all the parts musically i feel pretty good about there's nothing that really bums me out i think the bridge into that final chorus is really nice, but I think the vocal melody and the vocal performance keep it from actually being interesting. Yeah. There's like, and I think too, that you feel, I feel a particular weight to hearing that vocal delivery. And then also just looking at the lyrics and just being like, damn, this is just like one overused phrase. After into another. another it's yeah. bad this time around but you know like the flutter of your fingertips like the flickering of lights like okay cool yeah not, not bad. bad they've got their bright ideas but we've got bigger fish to fry um i don't i and it, and let's talk about that lyric because 2010 Somebody else is singing about having bigger fish to fry and making mm. it mean fucking so much. Well, I'm you went exactly where I was going to take this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, a great band called Everyone Everywhere. Um, have a song called, what is it, Rob R. OBX 2002? Mm-hmm. And that song, lyrically, and I don't know if the band would like this, lyrically reminds me so much of an earlier alkaline trio song where the lines are hey i've got bigger fish to fry they're swordfish size da 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 and that is such a thing he used to do i got now yeah. thorn in the side size of a cadillac yeah yeah uh, you know can't see straight to you look off like it's just that type of thing take the metaphor and then like really hone in on what it is like make it real and and, and exaggerate it yeah um, and that song is fucking 
awesome because he, uh, so each time he comes back to that phrase it's just he's emoting it's bigger and bigger and bigger every time and they musically they're doing a lot more too but they're a very different kind of band mm-hmm. and i think that has always been a personal hang up for me is that having that record and really loving that record and then hearing this it's hard for my brain to not go there because that association had been built somewhat recently um yeah <laughs> so it's just kind of a tough one for me and you know i don't want to say the song is bad or whatever because of that line but it's just indicative of the whole thing because he he just kind of instead of taking the cliche and building into it he kind of lands on the cliche like it's like a fucking revelatory statement yeah and it's so opposite of what he used to do right it's it's a little cute and it's um i guess it it's just it's sort of like a slam on the people who have their bright ideas though their bright ideas and the bigger fish that y'all have to fry never get mentioned again we never return to that yeah and it's like i guess there is like again i could find a compelling thing in that if he built on it at all Mm -hmm. but he doesn't and i think that's my problem with so much of the material on this record like i'll you know when i talk about some of his better songs like of this addiction american scream he's at least like really anchoring himself into the story and you un- like everything is kind of built. You walk, you come out of it knowing what it's about, and it's something that like, even if it's referential of other stuff, still feels like he kind of told you a story. And this song and the kind of songs preceding it is, it's just like, I mean, it's just a pileup of cliche phrases. Now, lyrics aren't like what I fully need to connect to in order for a song to be good. I would rather connect to the music, and if the lyrics are good, great. But I think it really undercuts what musically I think is a pretty good song because Mm -hmm. by him lacking the conviction, him lacking anything concrete to say, it kind of takes away the stakes from the music itself. Like if you're building this grand epic feel and then just saying we've got bigger fish to fry, well, you aren't really accomplishing your goal there. Now are you? No, not at all. And I think that the chorus does make it seem like there's something pressing but it's also i think he gets in his own way of that when you look at like i know times have been tough on you it's all downhill from here like you're not you're not saying anything to Mm. this like to a predicament here you're just using that phrase to i to to say something or to, well, it's like saying but you're not say, saying anything sorry I'm i mean it's up. yeah but it's it's almost if we're going to talk about him being self-referential which you know who knows but it's it's almost like the uh it's almost like the lines in trouble breathing but not sold effectively right because you have <laughs> you context know? to it you have somebody who like actually has pain in their heart who's uh yeah. who's, and it's been described in in Instead of uh, inside that dreadful place in your heart, it's beckoning. I mean... It is beckoning. I can hear I, the beckon. Yeah, it's it's William beckoning. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, I think that's a big part of... 
It's a problem I have with this era of the band, and, and it, it surfaces on My Shame is True a fair deal as well, which is that like Matt is using every line almost as an escalation, but without like building a character for you, if you know what I mean, where it's kind of like, times have been tougher than you, it's all downhill from here, it's just like boom, 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 like you're escalating, but you're not being specific and you're not telling me why you should care about this person, mm-hmm. um, other than it's just what you've chosen to write about, um, or you're feeling this way without really telling me why you feel, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a little too like all right, well, songs are supposed to be emotional, so here's the emotional stakes. Right. And it just doesn't really it doesn't really take it there for me. Um but yeah, I I don't know. I I feel bad kind of like putting so much onto the lyrics because I feel like you can almost just make them wallpaper, but when the vocal melody is so flat and so generically Matt Skiba at that point, it's just like Two things that are very front and center, because the music really kind of tees it up, especially in the verses. If you're ever going to do that kind of, like, pull some of the guitars back and really, like, put emphasis on, like, the groove and what the person's saying, it needs to be stronger than this. It just does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, I do I do think that the second verse is pretty cool, just with the insects. It's a little bit hokey. It's a little bit overdone. But mm-hmm. I don't know the it it still just like falls into this thing of like metaphor and I don't know over just over the top. We'll begin the clock ticking away to ends as black as oil. What? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's like almost like AI Matt Skiba lyric generator shit. Yeah, like we're all gonna die. Okay. Well, it does remind me of my favorite uh, Danzig lyric, um, which I assume you also love as much as I do, which is, I don't know, it's in your power. Uh (laughs) Um, You know, and it's that kind of energy. It's just like, all right. Um, And I, for a long time, kind of was bothered by the... uh, you know, the fluttering of wings that happens after he mentions the insects. And at least it's part of something. Like <laughs> what I'll say is it doesn't bug me as much now, to be honest, my issue with it came from, I think that was something that they were so doing really hard on agony and irony on bad songs. Like mm-hmm. lost and rendered has a lot of it. Ruin. It has a lot of it. There's sure. a lot of that, like saying things. And then the fucking sound kind of tries to match. There's a phrase for that, that I'm blanking on the name Onomatopoeia. Of. Kind no. Of, no. Well, it's like but, something where yeah. you say it and then you hear it immediately after. It's, yeah, it's, right. There's, I don't know what there's it is. Uh, Pot Kettle Black by Wilco where he says something about sockets and then you hear sockets going. Exactly. Like that that type of vibe. And I'm not like inherently opposed to it because it is kind of fun. And it, ultimately, it's a little cute. Like when someone does that, that's it's a pretty big wink. But like mm-hmm. if you're doing it after everything you say, oh, my God, that would be fucking insufferable. But like Just here, imagine it's not a bunch bad. of crude oil being dumped onto the <laughs> microphone. Um, here's a clip from the blob. Uh, but it's just like, it gives it a little color, and I think the second verse is a little better, and I think it needs that, because st- that's the thing, is it needs something filling in the gaps that he's not really given us. Yeah, yeah. And at and, least it like takes place in one spot. It's like yes, it yes. all seems to take place on a baseball diamond. Sure, yeah, cool. she, it, yeah. I, I, I love baseball. Yeah, 
Um, I, I want to talk about the bridge too, because I, I guess this is the most Wizard of Oz part. To you hear, you know, when she walks into the light, it to me is very. It it, it it's obvious to think like, okay, cool. She opens the door of her house and then she's in the land of color. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what his change of heart is because I I I just I don't know. There's nothing to uh there are no stakes in this song other than he's coming to see Dorothy. Yeah, I mean I think beckoning. I think you're very much spot on and I think it's unfortunate because again, I'm I'm gonna say what I've kind of been saying throughout this. I feel like the lyrics don't really sell it and don't really compel me, but I find the music happening underneath it to actually be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the escalation, and after he says that line and they just kind of riff on it for a while, mm-hmm. great. And I think all the kind of like, you know, production choices of like putting those kind of synths and keys in augmenting, but not putting them up top like they do in like an Eating Me Alive, tasteful, mm-hmm. nice. I enjoy it. Uh, and I think it sells that last chorus a little more. But yeah, like the whole, it's a strange world, isn't it? It's like so Rocky Horror to me um, mm. and very theatrical in a way that like if I was compelled by what he was saying, I could go with. And again, like I'm, I'm to go back to what I was talking to uh, about like the very early part of the song. Like, I love shit like Iron Maiden, where it's like, ah, yes, the rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. This song's 18 minutes long, and you're just telling me the fucking story, and it's big. Mm. Cool. Love it. Super fun. Big into it. Um, You have to commit. And I feel like this is just such a, like, tiptoeing, trying to get there, that I feel like that's why it really, like, I don't feel that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I... I feel it a lot more when you're committing to the fact that like, yeah, it's kind of corny and cheesy, but we are going to sell it to you. Like it's the thing we believe most in the fucking world. And I just do not get that out of Matt. And and maybe I do out of the band playing it because he's writing some interesting riffs and some cool parts. And it's the most, it feels like he's writing music that he's interested in. Yeah, like definitely. That's what I lack with so much of this record mm-hmm. is like it just sounds so boilerplate. In this one, I'm at least like, oh, like you are going for something mm-hmm. and you may not get there, but at least like putting the song on again today and kind of going through it. I'm like, I hear so much potential, but I just don't see it manifest. Yeah, it's cool to imagine like an alternate universe where the music here is really, I guess, explored in a fuller tonal sense. We could get the entire band on board and also like more of a formalist lyrical approach because Mm -hmm. think about the Hot Water Music Split and those songs, those were different sounding songs for this band. And I've always felt like, the lyrics on that release are so like just pinpointed to fit what's happening musically in a way that the band hadn't really done before. I mean, I, I agree completely. I think, you know, 
I think all three of their songs, the two originals and the cover, are all rendered basically perfectly in, in some of my favorite material of theirs. And I would even say, like, yeah, this song has flashes of something like that. And I almost feel, and this is kind of crazy to say, but, like, if this song was somehow on Is This Thing Cursed, I think they would do a better job with it, too. Mm-hmm. Because there's I a agree. lot of moments on that record where I think they're doing stuff that's like, this is not what I would expect out of you, but it kind of feels like you and you're selling it. Like, you know, like when we talked about heart attacks, for example, Mm -hmm. like it's not really what I would expect out of them, but I think they really pull it off. Um, And, you know, I think this song kind of has that spirit and it just doesn't really fit on this record. It clearly would not fit on the record that follows it. And it also doesn't really make sense coming out of where they were. It feels very isolated, and it almost, to me, comes across like they weren't sure what to do with it at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what you end up seeing when you listen to it. Totally, yeah. It's. I think it's great music. Um, I just don't think everybody's head was in the right spot to know how to take advantage of it in the best way possible. 100 percent. i mean i think that's the best way to put it is there's a lot of good ideas there's a lot of cool parts there's a lot of flashes of inspiration there that are kind of muddied by like i don't want to say going through the motions but i think a little bit of just like well let's not overthink it and just kind of if it's not working we'll just kind of push something through and i think that's where we see a little bit of the, the generic melodies the lyrics that are just cliches and occasionally musical moments that just feel like, well, this is what we're kind of supposed to do, right? And whether, not interrogating why they think that's a good decision to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's tough when you see that. You're so close. You're so close. And I'm like so forgiving of things that I think have potential, even though it's like done. Like this is mm-hmm. a song that is done. It's complete. It's mm-hmm. over. Um, but it's like, there are hints of of inspiration in it. And when I see stuff like that, I'm always a little more generous to it because it's like you're at least trying something. Mm-hmm. Even if you only tried it in maybe like the guitar riff and the way that you kind of built the structure of the song. But it's it's one that I think like musically I think really hits. And, and when I listen just for that, I have a very nice time. But when I actually like am like, oh, this is a song that's like designed, I mean, because it's an Alkaline Trio song, kind of to be sung along to, mm-hmm. there's nothing I want to sing along with. <laughs> what do you rate it? Middle of the road, 2.5. I'm going to give it a 2. 2 even. Um, a little bit higher than I had it coming in. I think that came from our conversation. Um, so it was nice to... Uh, get into talking about one that i think falls into a category that does not have a lot of other examples where Mm -hmm. there's uh there's something that is here it just wasn't fully explored there's something happening somewhere yeah so everyone out there you go ahead listen to everyone everywhere and also, like, rip this song off. Rip off the part that you like and, and use it to uh, to your That's advantage. That's good advice. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I think the, be- the best advice that I remember from writing in college was, what did you like? What didn't you like? What would you steal? Mm-hmm. 
So this is our podcast. It's called As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. Every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week we talked about Dorothy. And uh, we want to thank all of you for joining us. And, of course, thanking you for subscribing and telling your friends about the show. The show where these guys, they talk about one Alkaline Trio song a week. It's called As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. You should check it out. Uh rate it i said subscribe already that's how we started off this uh mm-hmm. this part of the episode yep subscribe yep. twice you know it's subscribe the t- second apple id go for it exactly and uh head over to patreon.com slash as you were where we've got polls we go long form on some other uh, topics and we have done some merchandise in the past we've got some merchandise on the way and mm-hmm. we've got oh God, our final piece of merchandise in the works it's coming it'll be a big one well not physically but great thing great thing about doing this is that we have a chance to talk to each other once a week and that's uh that's a luxury that we're uh happy to take advantage of and absolutely we thank all of you for giving us uh, an excuse to do it we'll be back next week we look forward to that and we will see you then thank you friends such a strange time to be living in i had a change of heart tonight